Podcast. 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 Are we saying podcast? Welcome back. Welcome back to Fanboys and the Filthy Casual. Back at you once again. As usual, this is Dennis. This is Lewis. And this is Harold. Lots of exciting content today, but before we begin, a little bit of somber news. I think Harold wanted to do a little bit of poopery to uh, honor a, um, a, a great one that unfortunately just passed away. Harold, you want to take it away? <clears throat> yeah, it's just uh, there's a few things that this um, podcast is really known for. Um, our hatred of, not our hatred, but Dennis's hatred of certain actors who play spider-man and other certain actors who play the flash um but there's also um the familiarity of series that we well at least two out of three of us generally really love and uh one of those series being arrested development um probably that's that's top five tv of all time by the way um and unfortunately the sad news came out today that the matriarch of the bluth family Lucille Bluth, played by the um, oh, fantastic actress Jessica Walter, uh, passed away today. Um, and it's just, and I was telling the guys, it's just funny because the timing for this couldn't be weirder for me, at least, because I've been in another re-binge of Arrested Development, literally just starting last week. And I always remember like how much I cracked up every time she would be surprised that Jean Parmesan would be there. Yes. <laughs> and like her going, nah, Jean! <laughs> like I could not stop. Like the literally the past, that's that, I'm on season two starting on Sunday. And literally during my lunch break is when I watch like a couple of uh, episodes. And like literally she, besides I think uh, Jason Bateman, who plays Michael, that's the other for me the character that really carries the show because um obviously a lot of the show depends on the relationship between the family and she is the head of the family because you know oscars or not oscar but uh, george george booth is george senior is um you know away at in prison or you know escaped to mexico or whatever the hell he's doing so he's never like the main uh head of the household and it's either michael or it's his mom and Lucille and her relationship with Buster. It's literally like my favorite relationship on that show. And just, and then the, the seeing the social media reactions or the reactions from the, the um, ex members of the cast was really touching, especially, you know, hearing from Tony Hale who played Buster and then um, everybody else, Jason Bateman and whatnot. So um, an unfortunate passing from a great actress who not only was, the matriarch of the Booth family, but was also in another show that um, we are big fans of as well, which is Lou. Yeah. So, yeah, she also played Mallory Archer, the matriarch of the uh, animated um, show Archer. So it's really, you know, one, one of the few shows that I was able to, uh, not few, but one of the shows that we were able to binge over this uh, quarantine and definitely, yeah, it, it made you made you appreciate, excuse me, this actress's range because I totally did not know that that was, you know, Mallory is also uh, the, the Bluth matriarch. So it's, it's, it's sad that, uh, you know, she passed today, but at the same time, she leaves a great body of work to look back at and enjoy. And, you know, thankfully with today's technology, there's lots of m- many ways that you can still enjoy uh, her work. So yeah. Um, uh, rest in paradise. And thank you for all the great work, but yeah. 
uh, it's sad to see it go. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where it's it's unfortunate, um, and it's it's really sad for their passing. But at the same time, and I know this sounds a little heartless, um, you know, uh, eighty years old, uh, I I'd, I'd be pretty satisfied if I can. Uh, <laughs> Uh, if I can last that long, you know what I mean. It's a pretty good uh, run, man. <laughs> and um, we, and it's not like she, it's not like she wasn't, uh, you know, it's not like she had stopped working, um, and right. has been uh, idly uh, doing nothing, you know. Even, uh, even, even though, um, you know, Arrested Development is is done, and um, uh, what do you call this? Um, uh, 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 Archer is. is I wouldn't call it done yet because uh, it's just like uh, bits and pieces. I mean, she still, you know, she still has uh, has a bunch of um, TV shows, and uh, I, I, I mean, I was looking at her IMDb this morning um, when Harold told me about it, and you know, aside from Harold's favorite pick of uh, dinosaurs, um, you know, more recent, more recent ones, uh, she played Granny Goodness in the Harley Quinn, um, you know, uh, like TV series. Um, she has. It seems like she has a bunch of like um, voiceover work aside from Archer, um, which uh, uh, you know, kind of like uh, kind of like Lewis when uh, looking through Andy was like, oh crap, yeah, that is her voice. I mean, now to be fair, um, um, Arrested Development and um, uh, and Archer, same voice. She's not. Yeah. She's not even changing anything. Yeah. You know, but what can I say? <clears throat> uh, yeah, uh, rest in peace. Um, you know, uh, really sad that that um, that, that happened. Um, and it's going to be interesting moving forward what that entails for um, you know projects such as especially yeah. um, you know Archer. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Yep. Um, any other poopery? I mean, uh, for for today's episode before we move on to the uh, meat and potatoes. No, no, nothing, nothing that I can think of. Well, I guess well, I, one last thing that just popped in my head. That's actually something you reminded me of a few hours ago. But um, Invincible is debuting on Amazon tomorrow. So I'm pretty excited for that. The next part of that news is uh, out of curiosity, because since you did bring it up, um, I looked up who the cast was. And I guess Steven Yun is actually in uh, the voice of Invincible. So I'm really excited to see that. So, you know, Steven Yun, if you don't know, uh, played Glenn uh, in The Walking Dead years ago. He's had many small roles, but he's kind of come into prominence in the last few, uh, few, in the, sorry, last few months because of his, you know, acting in Minari. I guess the uh, uh, much talked about, and I think it's Oscar-nominated movie as well now too. So good for him. You know, very prolific. Um, you know, he's putting his his face and his or at least his voice out there as well. So I'm looking forward to the show tomorrow. You know, Amazon has had a lot of pretty solid, you know, hits uh, lately with the boys, obviously, Jack Ryan, I think is pretty solid as well. But in their little, you know, their little corner of like genre television, I think they've been doing pretty well. So I'm pretty, pretty excited to see how they pull it off. Um, I'm only... I'm not like Dennis. I think you've read all of the volumes, and I think if I'm not correct me if I'm wrong, but I think is Invisible done yet? Like, is is the storyline done, or is it still ongoing? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of it, and it is done. Um, oh, okay. And excited, I'm excited to see. Um, like, uh, I know for a fact that they've they've only been listed for season one, but it's going to be interesting how far into the uh, the, uh, the canon they're going to go for. But um, just based on the trailers and how, what's the word I'm looking for? Faithful, I guess. How mm-hmm. faithful they've been uh, to it. Um, it's going to be really interesting how it's going to look like. I'm really looking forward to it. 
and but since you mentioned also the uh, other one I'm looking forward to is um, Mighty Ducks Game Changer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so two things to look forward to. Um, that's three uh, th- three uh, uh, um, uh, shows that I'm gonna have to watch tomorrow in order for me to catch up with everything. Uh, that with Winter Soldier, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that would be the, the perfect way for us to uh, segue. Um, you know, the last couple months, we've been privileged enough to have a lot of good content from Disney+. Plus. You know, we started with Mandalorian, which was, uh, which was amazing. Um, then we were treated with, um, with WandaVision, that although it may have started slow for Harold, it, it turned out, mm-hmm. uh, a tur- and it ended pretty well. But this time around, you know, um, we... Um, our, uh, uh, at least last week, we were uh, privileged enough to be able to see the first episode of uh, Falcon in the Winter Soldier. So, um, as usual, you know that's that's what we what's, that's what we do. We take a look at it and um, we we review it and maybe um, you know uh, I, I I don't think it's the same as WandaVision where we can kind of have like um, theories and everything. But at the very least, where where the the show is and what you think. Or what we think it's gonna, or they're gonna be leading things. So, um, Harold Lewis, what do you guys think so far with uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier? For a debut episode, I thought it was a super solid, really great first episode for the series. Um, it was thankfully a little bit, a little bit longer than the Wandavision episodes because I was actually confused too because when Wandavision debuted, they actually dropped the first two episodes. Uh, on the first night uh, for this one I was surprised when I pulled it up on the app and it said only one episode I was like oh okay that's fine or that's interesting but then you look at the runtime it was like I think a solid 45-50 minutes so yeah it's almost twice as long as the first few uh-huh. WandaVision episodes so you know for me personally it felt like I was getting more 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 bang for my buck so I really enjoy that I, I like that fact a lot um, action-packed fast paced or you know fast paced in some in some of the scenes but you know still had a lot of heart you know in that classic um not even i can't even say classic avengers mcu vein like a lot of this pathos and like emotion it's almost like a captain america staple now like all of their tragic characters are almost in like that corner of the universe uh no you know they don't even try to like shoehorn that into like you know as comic book fans we know that the most pathetic or even the saddest story usually starts around Peter Parker and Spider-Man but in this you know in this universe it's like Captain America and his like little corner of the world so yeah there's a lot of heart so that's very exciting to see but like I said a lot of action too so really really happy to see how that uh how they started that off I'm actually um I I was the series for me was one of those ones where it's like these are the guys that they're they're going with like two of the most like subordinate characters that this that the MCU has ever seen. Um subordinate mean not mean subordinate, but like super supporting characters. And t- like yeah, Bucky was the main technically the main villain in, you know, Winter Soldier, which is still one of my favorite movies of all time. And um but Sam, even in that movie, was just always there. And they picked him to be actually the one Avenger that got his ass or handed to him by Ant-Man. So it's like, how is that the, how are we supposed to be um, interested in the, in, in a story centered like around these two guys. And then they come out with the first episode and I was like, okay, I'm in. 
like <laughs> you 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 like it starts out super fast like like falcon's first adventure fighting gsp just like uh captain like cap did you know and um much so like uh cap you know gsp got taken care of by a guy who had no right to be in the ring with him so <laughs> um and then but i was really more interested in a kind of even before it started was how they were going to do the bucky character and would they acknowledge the fact that there's so much time that's passed between um when he was initially became the winter soldier up until he was you know um deprogrammed to be back to who he is now and the fl- the first flashback if really if this if they kind of go that way in terms of like showing some of the deeds that he's done or some of the missions that he procured before uh becoming an avenger i i that's that's like full-on espionage stuff and i'm down with it so kind yeah. of i'm really curious to see how they go with the second episode um i i, I agree um i'm you know i think more so than one division um like this one really they really made sure to like catch your attention um and don't get me wrong, I, I, I'm still a huge fan of uh, WandaVision. But uh, as Harold said, that the first 10, 15 minutes um, of that where you, you see, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's almost like watching a movie. You know, like yep. the, the quality of the CGI, the, um, the, 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 just the quality of everything um, really, uh, really, um, really put yourself in a situation where you're like, crap if this is just a taste of what we're, we're going to see, um, this is going to be an amazing, um, uh, you know, series. But what made it even better for me is that, like you said, Harold, uh, these are two supporting characters um, th- that we have. It's, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's especially the Falcon. Um, he had his moments, um, you know, with, with, uh, uh, in, in the, the whole, the, you know all the movies but he, he never really had like one defining moment aside from getting his butt kicked <clears throat> by ant-man as you said uh he did have on your left oh there you go he was um, the one that made the most like one of the most iconic lines of the whole series yeah, but, then after, but then afterwards he really didn't do anything you know oh, afterwards they didn't even let him come out first <laughs> It was it was um, it, uh, T'Challa was the was the first. Yeah. I mean, still, you know, um, I'll, I'll give him that. But the one thing that I did like is that uh, for a supporting character, they they decided to go all in and try to flesh out the 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 characters of these two. Um, I I really enjoyed I, I while I enjoyed the the Bucky um, uh, uh, like situation. Um, I think the um, you know um, Falcon and his 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 sister um, and his family situation and the fact that you you bring in the um, I, I I guess the word would be racism um, that is uh, that you can see in like the financial uh, system in the banking system um, it's nice that they're able to bring that in it's not too heavy handed um, I thought. But it, it, you know, it really gives you the sense of how terrible the world is after the, the snap, you know, um, or the blip, I guess is what everybody's calling it. Especially considering that in um, in um, far away, you know, Spider-Man far or far from home, um, it was almost like 
it, they made it seem like the, the world went forward. Um, the world, you know, uh, high schoolers can go to uh, uh, on vacation now and everything is okay. But looking around, like you could, you could see, no, it, the world is in terrible shape and, you know, uh, Captain America is needed. And um, let's see where, where a Falcon and a Winter Soldier um, uh, uh, takes this whole storyline uh, and plot line. Uh, question for you guys. Um, do you think that uh, um, uh, do you think that considering that we kind of know and, and in terms of the the comic books we we, we kind of know the story beat of where this most likely is going um, it looks it, it it looks like it's really pointing um, that Sam is going to be the one that's going to get the uh, the the shield in the future um, what are you know? Um, what are you? What are some of the story elements, story ideas that you're looking forward to to see um, you know, moving forward? That's a good question. Because um, you know, it's funny you actually mentioned that you kind of mentioned it earlier about the bank loan situation, uh, which is like it's there's an underlying tone of you know obviously society shapes how we perceive things so part of me almost feels like there is an underlying tone of like yeah racism in the fact that the fact that that steve gave sam the shield in the first place and sam felt like he had to he had to give it back to the museum or he had to give it back to the government like there's already that kind of like underlying hint or tone of like does he feel like he doesn't deserve it because of who he looks like does he not deserve it because of Steve, of what Steve represented or what does, you know, America represent and all that stuff. So I, I, I know that's kind of a loaded thing. I really, part of me hopes that the MCU or Marvel and Kevin Feige in the show kind of tackles that, you know, that kind of elephant in the room of like, dude, um, black guy going to become the next Captain America. Um, but at the same time though, like, I, I, I mean, I, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to, remind myself if there if there ever has been a time where you know the mcu movies have kind of tackled those kind of bigger tougher issues and they kind of like it either slid past it or just kind of hand waved it so i kind of uh, you know it would be great if they address it or at least put it out there on main street but at the same time i don't think they're going to do it but yeah like maybe maybe that that you know pointing that out and maybe it's not even subtle because one of the first you know cameos that we i i personally wasn't expecting was seeing um don Cheadle's uh roadie being like the first cameo in the show it's like oh okay so you get like uh, yes of course he's military so of course he would be at a at a presentation like that but at the same time it's like oh you're gonna get like the oh, the only other black guy in the avengers to you know to to confide and talk to sam so it, there is kind of that tone of it so i i can see like maybe we'll see how that happens um but also sorry one of the other things that they kind of hinted at and maybe there will be a bigger bad guy there uh, is the, are the flag smashers so if you know the comic book flag smasher was actually just one guy before or it was a one character in the comic book it, it, he was like a red skull like one antagonist kind of person but i like how the show is turning the flag smashers into basically uh you know a, a group uh you know maybe they're a new kind of hydra that's going to become uh antagonizing you know falcon and winter soldier not to mention like the weird hint of like not weird hint but they were kind of explicit about it that the flag smashers are who they are because they i don't know if uh, i'm saying it correctly but they kind of empathize or at least embraced thanos's notion of like yeah maybe half of the world is not bad it's like oh okay it makes you think but at the same time like well you know again because our reality shapes how we perceive things we've seen how the world reacts in times of crisis in the last few months so you know maybe a year or two ago i would have said Nobody would say that. Nobody would empathize with Thanos. But hey, here we are. 
you know, 48% of America voted this way and another 51% voted another way. So it's, it's a lot closer than we think. So yeah, it, it, I think it'd be interesting where the flag smashers go and all that stuff. So it's a lot of social, it's obviously a lot less grief and depression and that kind of stuff than WandaVision did, but this is obviously, you know, meaty in its own way. Great. Harold, what do you think? I, I like the, um, <clears throat> them going to be using the dichotomy of the two different kinds of heroes coming from two different worlds and having them kind of come in together where it's like you would really you really expected at least i'd really expected it in the first episode of a show called the falcon and the winter soldier that they would at least interact somehow yeah but they had they didn't and that's kind of like oh how are you know um you see you hear the reason why they haven't yet and then you're you, now you're kind of looking forward to when when the time is going to come when they're going to actually uh, meet up and you know join up together um i do like also the uh the i guess not so much cliche anymore but kind of fun uh thing that they're gonna do with bucky where he's gonna do like a a right my wrongs list and uh you know kind of you know the the apology tour 2021 kind of deal and him going around (laughs) be like dude i'm sorry i killed your son he just happened to (laughs) be standing in a doorway he was looking right at me so he had to die he couldn't figure out a freaking keyhole, so he yeah. had to go. <laughs> and the thing that kind of the thing that um, I've been you know watching those little Easter egg kind of uh, videos just because you know it was always fun to watch. Um, and they were like, yeah, you know, Zemo's name is on the list. So I really, obviously, since he was part of the the preview trailer, that we know he's going to be part of the series, anyways. But now, when you realize that his name being on the list means that Bucky has to go and kind of right his wrong with a guy or like do whatever he's going to do with the guy. Like, how does that interaction going to work out? And that's, that's the tension that's building up that I'm like, dude, I can't wait till that episode happens. So. Um, one thing that I, I kind of want to, uh, I, I, I would be interesting is um, Lewis kind of pointed out that, you know, will Marvel, will the MCU tackle certain issues? Um from what I've been hearing and from what I've been uh, reading, uh, it seems like there was an, a reference during the first episode um, regarding Isaiah Bradley, which is the the, the first uh, the first uh, uh, the first quote unquote black uh, Captain America. I think I, I think it would be fascinating if that's something that they explore, um, and if if that's the case, and this becomes like. Uh, I I, I I don't know is race war um, like a ter- like a, 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 a terrible term there but it, it you know considering that Captain Amer- the new Captain America you know is a, a Caucasian man all of us again and you know um, the person that was given the shield feels like he's not up to it I think it would be interesting to see if they explore something uh, along those lines and whether or not the MCU can pull it off. I don't know yet, to be honest with you. Uh, with the the the, ti- the the signs of times right now, uh, with with the, the the climate, political climate, I don't know how much they can dig de- dig into without stepping on too many toes. Yeah, I, I think honestly, dude, I think they kind of knew what they were doing when they put out, you know, that poor. Uh, I'm sorry, what was, the, what was the actor's name? Wyatt um, Wyatt Russell. Russell. Wyatt Russell. Like I, I'm sure the you actor. You said Wyatt seen... Russell, right? Yes. What did I say? <laughs> the ironic well, the guy, thing being about 
race and you the way you said it, you said white Russell. Black Russell. <laughs> As opposed to black Russell. <laughs> um, you didn't have to go there, man. I think oh, that was man, already implied, bro. <laughs> it was already implied. It was already okay, implied. Okay, <laughs> but uh, remember for Lewis the state the Obvious statement is the joke. So yes, <laughs> I gotta gotta make sure everybody gets it. Um, so yeah, because of the like, implications. I, yes, <laughs> I um, it's interesting. Like I think they knew what they were doing because like it, it was funny going on the internet after the you know after seeing the episode and how much uh, hate the poor guy got off the bat off of literally like a two second like appearance and it's like who is this guy he's like how dare he it was like oh they hit a nerve like but i think they knew that they what they were gonna do because yeah i mean literally the whole episode they're kind of like i mean they didn't like deify steve rogers per se but they were saying like it's a heavy mantle it's a heavy burden and like it's not to be taken as, as uh, easily and you know all, all these people who have come in uh caps like atmosphere has had like so much happen to them so you can't just like willy-nilly like just give somebody the shield and expect nobody to bat an eye so yeah it'll be interesting how they take it from here um i know you know from the trailers and the and whatnot there's like i guess a big halftime show or something like that because there's nothing more american than fireworks and football fields so yeah i I see they're gonna go for a full-on pr tour we'll see how they pull it off like and it's exciting to see where they go because um we've gotten two great uh, or I mean, there's only one episode, but we've get, we're getting two MCU shows in like a span of a few months, and so far they're like two for two. So and it's two two distinct tastes, even though they're still in the same universe. So I'm re- I'm really excited where they take this for the next uh, few episodes. Yeah, definitely. And for the next couple of episodes, you know, that's five more, at least five more shows that we're going to be doing, five more episodes where we're going to be able to kind of dig deep and uh, talk about it and uh, see where it goes. Um, exciting time to be an MCU fan. Uh, exciting time, uh, even though uh, the Black Widow did get um, thrown into the Disney Plus uh, category. Um, it's still, oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. And it's still going to be a pretty good time for um, MCU fans. Um, Moving forward, though, moving on with our, our topic for today, um, it, it has been a, a MCU heavy uh, last couple of weeks, the last couple of months. But uh, last week we were given the privilege <laughs> question mark um, of uh, of receiving something that uh, fans have been clamoring for for the last couple of years, ever since uh, Justice League came out, um, and of course that is the Snyder Cut. Um, and, you know, with four plus hours of content, uh, uh, Harold, Lewis, and I decided that we were going to uh, take that that challenge of trying to see if we can finish and forge through the uh, the movie and so that we can give you our take and um, our, our version of it. So before we begin, uh, a, a, real, a real quick recap, I want you guys to think, what was your take on Justice League? um before the Snyder cut okay that's uh, a, a real quick one minute um spiel of, of, of what you remember um of, of, of what it is um I remember when I, I I I think this is what I remember um I thought it was mediocre um and um there were some things that I liked um but overall it just didn't um, I thought that they they were it wasn't cohesive enough, and they weren't able to um, 
to flesh out the characters enough to make it into something that was interesting. At least that's that was my uh, that's what that, that was the 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 impression that I got from the first movie. How about you guys? What what, what was your impression be, uh, before the Snyder cut here? So it's been five years since the original theatrical version came out. So looking back at that, I do remember because it was one of the first movies that I took. Like I think all three of us actually went, and I brought my 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 kids. And I hate to say it, but looking back, I think that was actually one of the first movies that I took them to that they didn't walk away excited. Like there was a string of wonderful, amazing, like MCU movies that were like, yeah, cool. But this one is like, oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, sorry, guys. They're not all going to be, you know, out the park home runs, I guess. But yeah, I, I, I think you're right. It wasn't cohesive. It wasn't, um, it wasn't enjoyable. I, I think that's the word I'm looking for. And yeah, the, uh, I think that was it. it. It was enjoyable. Like there's there's some movies that were good, or that could be you know quote unquote bad, but at least you enjoy it. And there are some movies that are good that are just not enjoyable. But this was just not enjoyable. So yeah, that's what I remember from that one. I always remember my original review of the movie is always was always going to be the fact that they didn't give the other side characters their own movies before. Mm, yeah. And I always say the strength about Avenger, the original Avenger movie was besides uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye, like everybody else had their own solo movies. So when you finally saw them team up together, you were super excited about it. And how do you have the biggest superheroes of all time joining together for their technically their second movie? And you're not hyped about it because you don't know anything about the other characters. I mean, you know things about them, obviously, from previous pop culture iterations. But if you were a brand new person coming into this thing, you would have no idea about any of the other characters uh, besides Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman. And um, the strength of the original uh, Justice League was their... The, the the times when they, the whole team would be together and there was so far and few between uh, few and far between and we you you could kind of tell even before seeing the Snyder cut which scenes Joss Whedon cut in because they had specifically said that we're bringing him in to lighten up the mood of the movie because people love the Marvel movies so much because there's like uh it, it being uh you know times of um, action and then there's some times of drama and then there's times of lighthearted comedy and they're like and who's the perfect person to bring that besides the guy who created the or who directed the first two avenger movies and so it's like um if we could do that he's he must be able to finish off this movie and help it bring um you know a different uh standard to how the rest of our movies have been because let's let's face it the three of us had seen uh donna justice together and the only thing I really remember about that was the fact that uh, Lewis's son started drinking Dennis's drink. Like, that's how <laughs> that's how unforgettable Dawn of Justice is. Like, do you like if you really think about and Mar the Martha thing? Besides that, and Batman's one scene in the warehouse where he literally slaughters a bunch of dudes. Like that movie is super forgettable. So it's like, how do you continue on with that? And so that's what they were like, oh, people didn't like uh, Donna Justice, which, you know, you kind of don't. And it's like, so we should change it up a little bit now that uh, Zack Snyder, unfortunately, you know, had to leave the middle of production because his uh, his child had passed away. So it's like family tragedy obviously is over going to, you know, supersede any kind of creative work. 
and just it just happened to be unfortunate timing that they had two people who have different tastes and like uh, like tastes on the opposite ends of this like spectrum in terms of uh directing wise and so you had the first justice league movie where it was like yeah you can really tell who's directing this part and who's directing the next part and it was like yes the biggest complaint was it was so jumbled and it was so different that people really right away were like okay that was okay but for a movie that's bringing together the biggest stars of all time it was very disappointing so yeah so now that we watched um, the Snyder cut, you know, uh, four and a half or almost four and a half hours worth of uh, of uh, Zack Snyder. So my, my question to you guys is, do you think, well, let's start off with, um, you know, was it, was it worth the, um, the was it, uh, was it worth um, producing the Snyder, Snyder cut? Should they have, um, should they have kept it? Um, uh, was it a better movie than uh, the original one? To answer that question, yes, it was better. Um, I don't know if that's quantifiable or anything like that, but from my fanboy perspective, I thought it was better. Um, I'm not sure if four and a half hours equates better per se, but I just think, like what Harold already mentioned, that like thematically and at least from like the storyline perspective, you can tell who was shooting who in the original 2017 version. In this way, you know, in, in this movie, I mean, like you can see that there is a consistency to the vision. And, you know, not that I'm like artsy fartsy, whatever, dude, but like there is some merit to that. And like the fact that there is a, like a common thread from beginning to end, you know, freaking, uh, you know, I, I, I do hold reservations for all the freaking slow-mo and like music choices that they had. But at the same time, like at least it was consistent and it was better than the 2017 version. So that's my answer to that question. Harold? Was it better? <laughs> was it better? Yes. It was definitely better. Was it longer? Obviously. <laughs> Not <laughs> much. Here's the thing. The, the, the thing that's been bothering me since I've watched it is you can distinctly cut this into two different movies. But he chose to like do it full on four hours, and that was and also you know you we're not watching Fraser Fraser so we don't need uh story cut lines to tell us what's the epilogue and what's it's like you know it's just kind of jokey having seen having watched you know Clerks and them doing the same thing there or it's like <laughs> kind of him describing everything, um, but. Yeah, and I, like I joked to these guys, if they had cut out the slow motion, the movie would have been two hours as well. Um, but the, for me, like the two movies are the backstories of literally the three characters who I said did not get a backstory, which is the uh, the the thing that was, I was tripping out about, and then them joining together to 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 do everything together. So it's like the storylines were a lot clearer now that you actually see the true vision or the the real vision that Zack Snyder kind of wanted to do with but I understand them saying dude you cannot do that in a movie theater because I was making the joke that Titanic watched this movie and Titanic was like dude this movie's long <laughs> stupid like but it's great like I, I had my reservations when they were saying that they're really making the story is 
not so much about anybody else as it is about Cyborg and the Flash. And I was like, really? That th- Those are the two characters that Zack Snyder wanted to really focus the movie about? And then when you see the Snyder cut, you're like, oh, okay, I see why he wanted to do that. Because it makes their their backstory makes their like the ending or their um progress through the rest of the movie so much better mm-hmm. and so much clearer except for the scene where barry saves iris that scene still doesn't make any sense and still should have been cut out of the movie because taking that scene out i mean i get it he has no friends and now he's got dogs and he gets to see iris for a second but you don't really see him so I, I see how that's supposed to be there, but that scene went on way too long for what it ended up being. Well, it, it's funny you guys were mentioning the whole like slow motion thing. Um, somebody actually did the math. Uh, according to them, ten percent of the movie was oh in slow God. motion. Like, it, it's oh it's God. amazing, and it's like every single character had their 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 opportunity to have the slow motion. Like, we, we joked around about how. How how um, how the Flash um, seems to like uh, everybody seems to be as fast as the Flash, um, and there there was, there was even moments where Cyborg looks like he was going he was doing things super fast. I was like, kind of useless. Um, so th- the question I have for you is, is so it's better. So was it a good movie? Ah, see, there you go. That's two questions. Good. I'm glad you broke it down into two. <laughs> Oh, was it better than the first? Yes, I already said that. Was it a good movie? I I don't know, dude. I think jury's still out on that one. I like, you know, it, it, I kind of brought it up. I think when the when the Joker with with uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix came out a few months ago or a year ago, and I finally got to see it, and I asked the question like, "Who is this for?" Like, I was still on the uh, like when I saw the Joker just for the sake for the sake of saying like I've seen this Oscar nominated movie. I, I walked out thinking like, or I finished, I turned off the movie thinking like, who's was this for? Like, who's the hero? And who like what? Are, what's the message? And I kind of got the same thing from here too. It's like, <clears throat> excuse me, like um, you know, again, I, I hate to keep comparing Avengers and Justice League, but at the same time. It, it is, you know, it's a product of what we're, we're out here right now. Like, so, like, what are, are they trying to sell more <laughs> franchises, DC and, and Warner Brothers? I mean, are they trying to, you know, to show off their their properties? Are they trying to build more franchises? Or was, like, Snyder trying to make an art film? Because with all the music and all the slow-mo and all the, like, the color palettes and all the decisions he made, it almost felt like, yeah, it almost felt like Birdman, you know, that's, like, or or something, or one of those, like, Oscar, Oscar bait movies that you get in the in january february so yeah i, I don't know who's who, who this movie was for exactly because like if you're trying to sell franchises um i hate to say it i don't think it did a job like i don't necessarily want like i it, it's two different things i like i want to see more stories in this universe sure because like i said you know snyder has a vision he has a he has a thought line and he has a a story he wants to kind of tell but i don't really want to like go out of my way and see it like you know when when i see the avengers like Oh, cool. I want to see more like, I mean, we literally talked about it like 20 minutes ago. I want to see more Falcon and I want to see more Winter Soldier because they 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 dropped so much thing and there's so much to see about this. Um, but, you know, we're, we're bought in because we're, or we, I buy in because of the story. I can't quite say the same thing for this. You know, so yeah, uh, a good movie. I'm not sure yet. I, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm on the I'm literally on the fence. I'm 50 50. So. 
H probably has a better uh, answer than I do. <laughs> I don't have a better answer. I have a kind of similar answer in terms of I know who this is for. This the is for boys, yeah, super fanboys. This is for everybody who said that there is a better Justice League movie out there. We just want to see it. And we know it right. exists, so give it to us because we deserve it. Because, um, you know, as usual, the most um, uh, overzealous and uh, undeserving fans of all time are super fanboys. Crossfitters. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, the two. But, like, um, <laughs> it's, it's weird because I kind of did, up until the the Joker ending... Up until that scene, I kind of wanted to see what a Justice League sequel would look like. Because you had the them finally teaming up together and actually making sense as opposed to how it was in the first one. Or it was just like, hey, Superman's here. He's not going to do anything, but Superman's here. And then this one, it was like, Superman's here, and he is going to Randy Couture you and ground and pound you. And <laughs> like... You finally, that was the only, I mean, besides uh, Batman running around and like trying to cause chaos, everybody else worked as a team. So it's like, um, the thing that I was actually laughing about was it kind of made me curious to see how a Flash movie would be. Because they, I think besides Cyborg, and I know we would kind of mention this already, but literally they changed the whole storyline of who the Flash was in this movie, in this version of the movie. Like in the first one, he was literally just comic relief that happened yeah. to run fast and, you know, trips on a stone and that's how he gets hurt. And this one, it's like, dude, he gets injured, but he still, you know, uh, uh, pushes forward because he's actually trying to be a superhero and trying right. to, and it's not so much about making friends. It is like him doing his own duty and kind of deals. And then the more you do the backstory and you kind of watch and see, like, is he reversing time? And it's like, dude, he's actually, like, they gave him a purpose. Like, his only purpose in the very first version of this was to make enough speed to create a force or create enough energy to bring Superman back to life, which is cool. But that was it. Like, that was his little purpose. And the rest of it was, like, you know, him... Uh, just trying to do fast stuff and like we always joked about the just save one or just help one and that was like I was like dude the fastest man in the world the fastest man in the universe and that's the only thing you're going to have him do <laughs> is save one person and it's like they relegated him so hard to under like underneath status and it, was, it, was, it was sad to see and then you have this version of him where it's like literally Every single thing that happens that is big doesn't happen without him and Cyborg. And every, like even the other guys, are they're literally just on the sidelines just watching him like, I wonder if this is going to work kind of deal. And then for them to actually succeed and go out and things, it's like, okay, I think at least for me, I've seen enough of the Cyborg character in in this movie that I was like, okay, he doesn't need his own solo movie anymore. They kind of accomplished what he's going to do anyways in the solo movie. Um, but how is he going to do in the future? And then now you have uh, Barry Allen actually going out there and showing that him turning back time or, you know, doing the whole flashpoint uh, paradox is completely feasible. And that they showed a way like saying that was literally a power that he wasn't supposed to ever use. 
now he's gone out and done it just to save the world and what are the repercussions for everything that he just did so it's like yeah the sequences still of uh the nightmare sequence in batman in uh, daughter justice still doesn't make sense to me <laughs> um it's i mean i get where it's coming from but it's it's kind of pointless there and it feels the same way here it's literally just like they'd film that just to have jared leto show up because people thought he was kind of cool um, for for me, I, it's interesting that Harold kind of mentioned that. You know me, um, I've never been an Ezra Miller Flash fan. Um, I, I thought that he was garbage in um, in in, in uh, the Dawn of Justice, um, and I partially agree with Harold that he. he I, I wouldn't say partially. I agree with Harold. They made um, his character. They made the Flash uh, a more significant. Um, uh, I, I I love the fact that one of the notes that I put there was uh, like I was cringing the, the moment where the moment where they went to um uh, what do you call it the uh, uh, like in in the tunnels yeah. um where they 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 first go see dark uh, not dark side um whatever whatever his name is um and I was like just like 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 scrunching up my 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 butt I was like please don't <laughs> say it please don't say it. don't say it. And then there was no lecture. There was no, you know, one person at a time. No him whining. I, I, I'm scared. I can't do it. It, it was, it was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, I can accept this. Um, I still think that, I still don't think that um, Zack Snyder understands um, Barry Allen himself. But if I if, if taking away that he's Barry Allen, putting in. He's a Flash, one of the Flashes. I I was actually able to take that and and actually accept that. the The one thing that I would that irritated me though is that you were talking about how what you know saving one person at a time. Um, it it was hilarious that during the Iris uh, Allen sequence, he was able to grab Iris from flying in the air, catch her, you know, kind of would do um. Kind of like creepy, like um, uh, creepy, like looking at her and caressing her, which uh, which kind of you know, especially with the Me Too movement these days, uh, mm-hmm. it kind of didn't feel right at that at, at, at that moment. But you were able to do that. But during the whole time while they were trying to rescue like the 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 prisoners, like the the only thing he was doing is like, come on, guys, move. move. Yeah, he was shooting them. Like. You were able to pick up Iris and catch her. You can't pick these guys up, move, bring it upstairs, and like and, and do everything. So I have, there's one point. The, okay, the Iris crash really bothered me just for physics' sake. Okay, and that's because of the fact that it doesn't matter where she flies after. The fact is, she hit the car, so no matter what, the impact did automatically kill her. Like <laughs> he, the only way he saves her is if he catches her before the car gets hit. Because, yeah, there's no blow to soften. The blow is already... <laughs> like, people don't... People do die when they fly out of the car, but something hurts before that. But she was in a convertible, maybe, oh, yeah. I think. I don't know. And she, she also was... No, was... She, she was in a convertible with... She was like, wearing seatbelts. I know. Exactly. If she was wearing her seatbelt, she would have been cut in tree. <laughs> and she seems to be fine like did he unbuckle her seatbelt for her so yeah, that's, yeah. and then he, but then he had enough time to grab a hot dog because you know that's 
that's it's just that scene was just so bad. Um, that scene was the worst scene. Agreed. Like, uh-huh. But th- there were other scenes though that um, that were kind of bad. Um, like the worst scene that that I had is the the uh, anytime they included the 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 Martian Manhunter. Um, first and foremost, I thought it was cool. Um, I thought the design the design was, was, was fantastic. Was 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 great. <laughs> um, considering that you were considering that you were going to that you use the character from the the from the the CW um, to portray uh, Martian Mar- Manhunter, uh, mm-hmm. amazing, you know. But the fact that you 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 get a poignant conversation of of grief between Lois Lane and Martha. And then it turns out that nope, that Just wasn't kidding. Martha all along. That was some creepy alien who <laughs> should not have been in that conversation, you know. Um, and, and, and like, and then in the end, they again maybe they just really wanted to include uh, to have that. Oh, we have Martian Manhunter. It's like, you know, a, a very deflated Bruce Wayne, um, not not buff anymore. Um, really skinny, and then comes out and starts talking to Martian Manhunter, and that scene did not go anywhere. Instead of, hey, there's something coming, I'll be around, and he's like, okay, cool, right. I'll see you later. Like you didn't need to tell me that. I would have <laughs> figured it out when you were like, hey, I'm here to help you. <laughs> I'm surprised Bruce Wayne wasn't like, where were you when we were at Chernobyl? Dude, like, like, we gotta really use your help, buddy. <laughs> You, like, hey you man, there was fly. a couple. Of, there was a couple of instances where we really could have used your powers here, but you, know? you chose to uh, hide in the shadows over there. Like only two of us could fly. You know, okay. we could use the third flyer. <laughs> but you know what? Okay, so we we talked about like a lot of the negatives. I will give credit to the, admittedly, because it started off right away, the slow motion, but the new opening makes way more sense the original opening in justice league and actually makes the whole movie actually make sense absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i totally agree uh for, for for the for the listeners just to clarify but so harold you mean like the point that the mother boxes you know the the i guess the uh my favorite word the MacGuffins of the movie the the three boxes that if combined will basically destroy any world it's on have been asleep this whole time because they knew superman existed so the moment that they've sensed or they heard that he died, they're like, "Oh, cool, let's go invasion time." So I'm like, "Okay, that you're right. Totally made a lot more sense than the fact of they just started randomly waking up where Steppenwolf was gonna come out and you know just start doing uh, his thing conveniently after you know Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman." So yeah, I I totally agree. Uh, that that scene was a little kind of it was pulled out a little again. Ten percent oh, of the obviously. movie slow. Yeah, <laughs> that could have been done in like five right minutes instead the, of the like, ten minutes. <laughs> admittedly, even I was like, okay, I get it. It's gonna ripple, but can this ripple go a little bit faster here? Like, we get it. He got stabbed, and now everybody knows. Everybody that's uh, important now knows that he's died. It's cool, but like, you can't do like a quick like, oh, on no. Yeah, it's I like, mean, we don't Rrr. find. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we don't find out till later that like, oh, it's they spell it out like, oh, they woke up because he died. 
but so you didn't really need all that there either um since you know harold was talking about if you don't mind i'm gonna uh, jump in but like talking about the stuff that we did we did like uh, i don't want to keep poo-pooing on this movie but speaking of which i did like the redesign and basically the motivation and the execute not execution but like how they pulled off uh oh, yeah. this new steppenwolf and execution was kind of rough too like ooh, wonder woman wonder woman was like after blood in this movie by the way <laughs> Go ahead, Harold. You look like you no, have something to say. Here's the one negative I really have about the Wonder Woman parts, which I kind of love, is every time it was a Wonder Woman scene, it would be that change to her music, yeah. and it it <laughs> bothered me. It bothered me every time because it was like she would just be chilling in the corner, like doing that thing, and all of a sudden, no, no, and I was like, oh, no, Wonder Woman's gonna do something. Electric violins. Yeah. It's like, wow, let's go. <laughs> It's like, I get it, Zack Snyder, you are infatuated with musical cues, and you hired a new composer just for this, but dude, that and the uh, Norwegian singing. Oh, yes. Good Lord, yes. Yeah, that was the moment, I think, that came in pretty early, because I think that was after, yeah, that was the scene after, like, Batman or Bruce Wayne tries to hunt down and put this team together. That whole scene when he, he, you know, Aquaman swims into the ocean, and we get a close-up of this uh, Swedish lady or Norwegian lady, and she starts singing, and, like, is this going to end now? Nope, she's still going. All right, went on. Second verse. That's that's (laughs) the weird thing, is, like, Zack Snyder has this, like, hero worship or a hero complex that he wants to treat every single one of the justice well not maybe every one of them but a lot of the justice league members as if they're gods right oh, yeah. You know, yeah with the way they're being portrayed the way they're being looked up i was like i get it i get it <laughs> yeah okay, and then fine. having superman in all black you. you know raising into the sun in the christ position like you can get more heavy-handed than that man okay so Here's the one gripe I've actually, one of the biggest gripes I've actually had about having seen both movies is the Bruce Wayne character in general. It still doesn't make sense to me that the person recruiting is Bruce Wayne. Why is Bruce Wayne recruiting superheroes and not Batman? Like, (laughs) why did he, I I get, you know, he didn't want to traverse through whatever antarctica wearing the bat cowl and whatnot but when he gets there put on you know like you don't got to confront him in a bar full of people do your batman thing bro yeah when you're meeting barry allen for the first time why are you introducing yourself as bruce wayne like that scene after watching it in the first one i was like ah whatever i couldn't really care less but literally now knowing that Zack snyder's vision was i don't really care too much for batman i care about bruce wayne that kind of bothered me it was like like the perfect opportunity for the heroes to get behind him right away because it's Batman doing the, the recruiting and Batman doing the confrontations and not a billionaire that everybody knows and now everyone can ruin his identity. And like freaking, that's why Lex Luthor at the end was like, hey, Deathstroke, check it out, man. That guy, that's Bruce Wayne. Yeah, because the whole time Barry was like, Bruce? Like yeah. every single, Vic was like, Bruce? Diana, Bruce. Like, then when okay. he calls people, he's like Alfred, and they're like, "Anybody know an Alfred in Gotham City? Does anybody know? There's got to be at least one, and he works for Bruce Wayne." Oh, I wonder. Let's put two and two together. I know at at that point, Deathstroke getting the info from Lex is like he probably like, "Oh, I knew that." <laughs> like, I could have just looked at his like LinkedIn, I guess. <laughs> if I if I had done the cut, it would have been like, 
I'm just letting you know now, Deathstroke. Batman is really, and then Deathstroke goes, oh, Bruce Wayne, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, no, talked about yeah. It, we talked about it last week when we were fighting, and he took off his mask to recruit me. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the end, he recruits him, so. Yeah, exactly. Ironically enough, he fast forwards and he reviews them. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of like what, a, but yeah. So I, I, I do like yeah. So between the storyline itself, I'm glad that they were able to kind of execute things. Um, if you don't mind, let's talk about the other elephant in the room. Whatever. Uh, 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 what do you call it? Um, Dark side. Uh, finally makes his debut, or at least more fleshed out version of him in this one. Um, personally, I liked it. I think it was great that they kind of showed him off as much as they did, or yeah, they kind of teased it in, in a way that like, yeah, I guess hypothetically this, he would have been the big bad in the next few movies or however many movies uh, Snyder had envisioned uh, for his, for his uh, version of DC. So I, I dug that a lot. You know, he it took the, yeah, I, I don't remember that part in the theatrical cut. If was it Steppenwolf in their version of like the ancients, like the, you know, the original yeah, Atlanteans. Okay, so it was Steppenwolf in that version. Okay, so in this version, obviously they make Darkseid the big bad guy, and he makes even like yeah, Steppenwolf. Like I said, like I was trying to say earlier, like he was a little more fleshed out, a little more motivated, and a lot more violent than the than the first version. So you know, give putting him like putting Darkseid above him and making him scared of of him basically. Yeah, yeah, it, it did. Excuse me, it did give a lot more air to to him. And yeah, in theory, like if this was what we saw five you know years ago. Yeah, I would have been a little more excited about maybe seeing him as a potential bad guy. And yeah, as much as the, you know, the, what was it? Nightmare is what they're calling it. The nightmare sequel uh, sequence at the end didn't make a lot of sense because it didn't really quite allude to it or explain what that was about. But like, I kind of dug like hypothetically, like, yeah, this, a movie or a franchise would have done this whole like alternate uh, universe concept. You know, we, we see it a lot in comic books and cartoons and even for, you know, whatever, but you know, we, we, you never see it in the big screen. So it would have been interesting to see them pull off like a complete, like not 180, but like, here's another dimension and this, what, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, it would have been, it would have been fun. Oh, you know, what's in the other dimensions. Mm. Apparently more parademons because that's all they have. <laughs> that's all they had budget for. <laughs> Their CGI yeah. guy just control paste and uh, control V. Well, you, you, you had um, you had mother uh, 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 mother what are uh, not mother Gothel, uh, mother or uh, a uh, granny goodness there. Um, oh, that's right, dude. Yeah, you know, one of the one of them. Yeah, and and yeah. the sod. So and you the know, sod there. Yeah. Um, two things I wanted to ask you. First and foremost is, was there now that we know that definitively which one was Zack Snyder and which one was um. Well, uh, Joss Whedon. Was there anything that Joss Whedon did that you think was a good idea, or um, was or, or should uh, should not should it not have um, should that have been, should it have not been done? Um, I honestly still think one of my favorite scenes of uh, of uh, Dawn of Justice was the very was was the very first scene the. The interview, um, even though it was panned because of um, of Henry Cavill's face being disfigured, um, I still think, th- at least for me, I-, I I thought that was a really good opening. Just because you, you there's no reason, there was no reason why everybody was so mourning for um, for Superman. Um, you know, it was like he was hated during he was the alive. first movie. <laughs> 
um, he fought with super with Batman and caused a lot of damage. He died. Okay, so why is he all of a sudden being deified, and why is everybody thinking that he's 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 so great? Um, you know, I I thought that that was a great choice by. Uh, I didn't know at that point that it was Josh Whedon when I first watched it. I just thought it was such a great, powerful opening where you see that Superman was actually beloved, um, you know, by people. At least for me, that was one one addition that I wish that uh, that, uh, that 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 might have stayed. I'm trying to think of. Well, I, okay, I, I think the only one because honestly, like. You're right, like like Harold and you already talked about like th- these are two different directions. It's like it's like giving the same block of in a box of Legos to do to two different kids and they'll come up with two different stories or two different things. Um, so yeah, Whedon and and Snyder obviously have two totally different versions of what they think the Justice League should look like. But um, I can't really think of. I, I guess the only one I can really think of is at the at the end of the movie. If I if I remember correctly, Whedon actually gave Cyborg a little bit of a at least an upgrade. Like I'm not I'm still not a fan of how they pulled off Cyborg's aesthetic. Um, and I, I think it's kind of like he's one of those characters that I think it's going to be impossible to pull him pull him off. Excuse me, uh, properly because you know I'm on top of this. I was I've also been watching Doom Patrol on HBO Max. Actually, it's a really good, well made Berlanti Berlanti like TV show. But the cyborg there looks super hokey. Like it looks, it's literally a dude with like a prosthetic over his head and it looks kind of corny, but you know, you don't watch that. You don't watch the Berlanti like DC CW shows for, for that anyway. But um, anyway, what I, I think the one thing that I liked is that, uh, yeah, Joss Whedon gave cyborg like an aesthetic that kind of looked more like the, car- the cartoon version or the, at least the eighties, um, you know, cyborg version. But that's, that's really all I can think of, unfortunately. Um, I liked the ending sequence, and I mean ending as in the post-credit sequence was the one thing I loved that Joss Whedon did, the race between Superman and the Flash. But oh, totally forgot about that. Yeah, obviously, in terms of how Clark is never smiling in at all in any of or like without any kind of uh, irony in this new version of uh, Justice League it doesn't make sense for him to be buddy buddy with the flash. Cause it's like that scene only makes sense because in the original justice league, um, when all they used Superman for was getting uh, people away from the main crime scene or the main, uh, 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 like the bomb site, them, you know, racing to get everybody off was like, Oh, it's like a kind of quick preview of, what would happen if these two actually go in unraced? And then now you have the actual race between the two of the guys. And then in this version, it just doesn't fit. Like literally anything that would make you kind of smile in terms of like, you know, non-ironically being just like, hey, fun times because we're the greatest heroes in the world. All of that was like put on the shelf. Literally, they said there's zero footage of anything that Joss Whedon shot in this new version, which goes to show you how much you know, Snyder actually did shoot. And then his only, the only reshoot that they ever did was that last sequence was the Jared Leto stuff. And everything else was like kind of put together with uh, previous footage. So it's like, yes, the movie is, makes more sense, but yeah, at the behest of anybody really being happy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 
I know. I, I couldn't help but notice, but you're right. Like Superman, the whole time, like his his brow was scrunched, like 80 percent of the time. I, I'm not I, I, I'm not gonna calculate how like what percent of the movie, but like dude had like that constipated look most of the time. I'm like dude, that's gonna like leave a mark on your forehead, man. That that's how you show um how strong you are. You have to have like <laughs> scrunched up forehead. Yeah, uh, dude. There was one. The the funny part is there was one scene that I really was hoping was a Joss Whedon one. Um, and it turned out, you know, it was J- uh, Zack Snyder. Um, it was the sl- uh, Superman um, slow motion um, l- uh, looking at the Flash. I really thought that was like some like a. Um, you, you know what? That surprised me, too. That seems exactly. But if you look at the two different versions, they are. That's like the only comedic part in in uh, in Zack Snyder's version. Like in Joss Whedon's version, obviously, like there's, I, I keep I I've watched those whole like what's the differences and like literally the Flash keeps saying stupid things like should we show him our bellies should we bow to him that kind of deal, like dude it's it, it's not the time bro, <laughs> and, and then him doing that I was like oh that was I was like I didn't know that was a Snyder thing so it doesn't it seems out of character for him exactly. yeah. Um, so last question for you is one of the biggest controversies that we have is Ray Fisher um, and DC going at it with each other. And uh, Ray Fisher uh, has been saying that there was a lot of uh, things cut from Cyborg um, and, you know, that um, that it was racially motivated, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you guys mentioned that... Um, that uh, that the cyborg material, the cyborg stuff, um, added to the 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 movie and everything. Do you think? Um, uh, do you think that? The, uh, or what do you think? Uh, now that we've seen this, what do you think of what Ray Fisher has been saying in regards to, um, you know, in regards to the fact that, uh, what's his name, Joss Whedon seems to have intentionally cut off major portions of storyline. For the cyborg, um, feasible? Does it make sense? Um, what do you guys think? I think I think Ray Fisher's complaints kind of make sense after this whole you know thing was uh, shown. Obviously, um, yeah, like like Carol already ta- talked about, like cyborg was a much bigger part of this whole thing, and it was kind of like yes, you know, the part the fact that the mother box is part is responsible for turning Ray or uh, Vic into the cyborg was in the Whedon version. Like this one, obviously it, it panned out a lot more like his motivation and his family, like his family dynamic and his dad sacrificing himself. The fact that his mom died in the same accident that uh, caused him to uh, turn him into cyborg. Like that's a lot of, yeah, that's a lot of material left on a cutting room floor that if, you know, I'm not an actor, I'm not a performer. I would not know the ins and outs of all that stuff. Like I, I you know, from a, from, from an artistic perspective, like I would be, I would feel jaded too if like you did all this, what you would, you know, or at least what he thought was grade A good stuff, or at least on paper and script looks like good material, and it just doesn't end up on the screen. Yeah, I would be jaded too, and I'd be a little very upset with you know the direction and maybe even the producers and all the folks that made the decision. So yeah, I, I think it's justified. I think it's justified. Like there's a great cyborg movie in here and a potentially a cyborg future. Um, so yeah, I, I would be a little upset too. Not a little, but I, uh, you know, well, I'd be upset I, too. I don't know if there's any future with with the way he's still yeah. continuously yeah. like burned a few um, bridges, dude. Yeah, exactly. Harold, like, what do you think? Uh, with his, I don't know. Obviously, we don't know if anything is ever really like in terms of 
his storyline in general, if it was racially motivated, that's something that only him and uh, whoever's around can really determine. I can only determine the fact that, yes, I would be jaded too if literally my whole backstory, if literally my whole purpose in being in this movie was cut out. And I probably want, I really kind of want to just go back and watch the original Justice League to see how much, because all I remember was his intro was, I'm a monster. Oh, you're saying I'm a monster. Um, we got this. So for some reason, there's a, a mother box in the closet here. Uh, eventually, someone's gonna do something, and booyah! Like, that's it. That's your whole yeah. I mean, that's and your the, story arc. <laughs> yeah, you turn around and you get this version. And it's like, like night and day, bro. Like, yeah, he got hosed pretty. Like, like we, I said, him and Barry really got hosed in the original version in terms of knowing or getting to know these characters yeah, and you know it's it, good to see that they finally got their chance which makes it even more interesting exactly what you're saying is that i i it just popped in my head i really thought the other scene was that was a uh, um a joss whedon scene was the uh the graveyard scene um and it turns out, nope, that was a Zack Snyder scene. Mm, yeah, but but his version wasn't as funny because Barry wasn't like, hey, man, I'm the Flash. I should be able to dig faster. Like, that joke never comes into play, which True. both versions. Okay, um, is there anything else that we want to add here before we end our uh, our episode? Well, you know, if you're listening to this and you don't know, there's a black and white version of the same four hours that you saw. So if you want your movie even darker than it was before. Even moodier. Even okay. moodier. Okay, before we finish <laughs> off here, um, we like we prefaced before, and everybody knows the movie is about four hours and two minutes long, so over four hours. Um, were both of you guys able to get through the whole movie in one sitting? No, no, no. I had to take a a lunch break in between, pause it, have lunch, use the potty come back like half an hour later and like, okay, do it again. <laughs> Let's press play. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't do it. Um, and at least for me, uh, to be fair, it's not because of, uh, of, of the content. Um, I, you know, I, like I said, I actually, I, I wouldn't say it's, um, I, I, I enjoyed it completely, but it was mindless entertainment um, that, 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 that kept me going, but it just was my schedule that I didn't have a lot of time. So I had to go snippets of it. Um, would, do I want to go watch it again? I honestly don't know. Do you, uh, maybe I don't, think it, I don't know if it's worth it? it to watch a whole, yeah, exactly. Like there is no, there is nothing about a four hour movie that doesn't have a boat uh going down yeah that makes me want to re like like you said rewatch the whole thing i don't mind watching scenes and i don't mind going back and backtracking and be like oh you know that's just stuff that i wasn't really paying attention to before now uh i get to finally uh rewatch literally when i was telling these guys i'd watch the movie i knocked out 40 minutes into the movie because <laughs> i had a long day and getting back to it, I was like, I'm already 40 minutes in. Should I restart the 40 minutes, the whole thing, and just try it from there? And I was literally like in and out of the movie. I, I obviously I paid a lot of attention, but there was actually moments that I missed. I missed the whole Martha and Lois Lane interaction and 
uh, Martha turning into the Martian Manhunter because I was just like, I'm, I'm two and a half hours in and it says it's not even close to being finished yet. <laughs> and I was like looking at it, I was like, what the hell did I just see? And then I was like, ah, oh, damn it, I have to rewind it. That's going to add another five minutes. Nah, it's not worth it. So it's like, <laughs> I, I was like, I saw something? Eh, maybe next time. Is it was a really poignant um, um, uh, conversation. And then I got one one more point for everybody. Um, uh, if this is if okay, if this original version was the version that we'd saw in theaters, at the length that it was like, and you knew going into the theater that the movie was going to be four hours long, would you buy a ticket? I would have, uh, to be honest with you, like. Uh, you said this was before the original one, right? Yes. Like I was, uh, I remember being so hyped about it. Like it, 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 this is the Justice League. You can't. Go, I would. I, I would have been. I. I would have been. Hundred uh, percent. I would have been like, here, take my money. Four hours. Eight, uh, you know, four hours. Twelve bucks. Buy. You know, two popcorns. Let's go. Um, you know what, dude? I think I might have actually. I think you know, five years ago we were in that weird, you know, mind space of like, yeah, let's go. We can do that kind of stuff. And um, to be honest, like, I, I actually, if I were, you know, in in retrospect, if we did do that, I actually wouldn't feel too bad because I actually think, um, again, like Dennis asked, was this a better movie or was this a good movie? Yes, I'm on the fence. But like, if this is what I saw. I would have said that this was a marked improvement from Batman versus Superman. Cause I think Batman versus Superman, like the, the, the theatrical version or even this version of just the, I walked away. Yes. I wasn't like, Whoa, this is the greatest thing I've ever happened. But Batman versus Superman, like if I remember correctly, the three of us walked out going like mad, like we were kind of upset, like, like few movies actually do that. So like we were mad about like, why was Batman such a murderer? Why was Martha such a big deal? Anyway, this, I know this one, I know seriously, dude, like almost a, a decade later, we're still making fun of that. But like this Justice League movie, at least you walk away going like, okay, this is much better. I mean, the bar is low, but it's much better. So yeah, I would have been happy if I had paid like, yeah, 15 bucks for a four hour marathon. Would I have, would I have been happy afterwards? I don't know. <laughs> Content, my I guess. I my know. bladder would be really angry. At me. That's you. true. That's You're right, dude. There would have, there would have had had to have been like a intermission or something. Yeah. yeah, like when I when I originally watched Titanic, they had an intermission two hours into it. Uh, I would hope that they would have done the same. I don't even know if stretching out another ten minutes so everyone could take a piss, or like try to you know get to the concession stand because they ran out of their first hot dog. <laughs> but yeah. Maybe if you hear that, you know, that electric violin is like, okay, Mike, oh, you to get up real quick. Like you. <laughs> like, oh, we got enough time here. <laughs> Don't worry, it's in slow motion. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that you, uh, that you, you, the audience enjoyed this episode. Um, you know, let us know what you thought. Um, I, I've been seeing some uh, comments already here and there uh, on our Facebook uh, messenger. So, um, you know, as usual, take a look at, uh, um, you know, take a look at our information. Take a look at our, our content. Uh, you can take a look at, at the two fanboys one casual.podbean.com for all of our old episodes. And of course, you can take a look at our other interweb stuff, which is found in 
on Facebook. You can find us two fanboys and a filthy casual. Please follow our page and the uh, Facebook group uh, where we will be posting uh, or every time the, the podcast goes live, we'll be posting it there. Uh, not to mention any fun news, articles, memes, jokes, all that good stuff out there in the internet. We'll be posting it there. The group is um, comprised of a bunch of great like-minded nerds, geeks, gamers of that sort that also like to share there too. So yeah, come on board. Uh, join us. And on Instagram and Twitter at two fanboys, one casual. And as usual, anywhere you can find your usual podcast, we are there as well. One quick thing before we go, guys. Uh, I think we should just need to address this just because of who we are here. Um, three of us, obviously, if you guys haven't heard the jokes from a million times, are Filipino. And we do live in the United States, so we are Filipino-Americans. And the three of us here do have degrees in Asian-American studies. So I think it's just really kind of right for us just to address it just for a second here uh the wave of attacks going towards asian americans in this country um it's getting ridiculous it is not something that um obviously we are minorities in this country but no kind of ethnicity or gender or any kind of group deserves any kind of hate towards one particular group so if we could stop the violence in general and in, and in particular the violence towards uh, Asians in this country, that'd be fantastic. Absolutely. I echo that totally 100% unwarranted, unnecessary, ridiculous. Um, but yeah, let's, let's raise awareness of, of like the, this kind of hate is unacceptable and we need, yeah, we need our community to step up. And if you're listening to this, uh, please know that the podcast loves you and we uh, appreciate you. And we uh, we're all in this together. Any way, shape or form that we can help each other, let us know. That'd be great too. Well, um, that's it for us today, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, be safe out there. This is Two Fanboys and the Filthy Casual. Uh, we'll see you next time. This is Dennis. This is Lewis. And this is Euro. If you have five hours left.